thank you so much for this opportunity we've had to learn this Bible verse and to sing these songs. I pray that you'd help us to take these truths and we remember them and your Holy Spirit would apply them to our hearts. Help our hearts and our minds to be attentive and to be open and the Holy Spirit, you would speak to each one of these children and us adults alike through your word as we look at it now. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, the last two times we've had a children's service, we've studied from the book of Daniel. And do you remember who the main person that the book of Daniel is about? Anybody remember? It's about Daniel, right? Daniel. And Daniel had, there's another few other characters that keep showing up. There were three guys. What were the names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then there was one other. Who's the villain? Who's the bad guy in the book of Daniel? King? Not Herod. Not Herod. Wrong kingdom. What? Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar had an idea one day. And in Daniel chapter 3, we hear about this idea. The Bible tells us that King Nebuchadnezzar thought it would be a really good idea to build a huge golden statue. What was it made out of? gold. He decided to make a huge golden statue and put it on the plain of Dura. And he was going to send out invitations and have all these important people come. And they were going to bow down and they were going to worship this golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar had made. So Nebuchadnezzar started sending out invitations to all kinds of people from all these different countries of his realm. There were people from all over. In fact, if you look right here, this whole area in green was the Babylonian Empire. And so he called, sent out invitations. Now, if you got an invitation from Nebuchadnezzar, do you think you had the freedom to say, no, thank you, I don't want to come? If, if, you got a, if you got an invitation from Nebuchadnezzar, that meant you better be there or you're in trouble. Well, he sent out this, these invitations to people all over his huge, great nation. Now, this right here is a close-up of the map, and this is especially for all the parents. I think this is pretty cool to see why the Bible says that he was talking to different peoples and nations and languages. Because look at this. The Babylonian Empire um, covers what is now part of Turkey, part of what is all of Syria. Over here, Iraq, part of um, Iran, part of modern-day Saudi Arabia, Jordan, all of Israel, um, Lebanon, and look over here even into Egypt. And so there, oh, and look up here, the island of Cyprus. So there's going to be lots of different people show up with different cultures, wearing different clothes, speaking different languages, and they're from all over. And they're supposed to show up to worship this golden statue that he had had made. Well, he puts up this statue, they get it built, and the day comes, and all the people show up. It must have been a big racket as all those people show up to this place near the city of Babylon. And so they show up to worship this huge statue that was about 90 feet tall. It was about nine stories high. That was a tall statue. Well, they show up to worship, and all of a sudden, the king's crier steps out. 
Now, he wasn't the guy that, boo, boo, hoo, 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 not that kind of crier. He would step out and say, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, all people of the realm of King Nebuchadnezzar of the great Babylon, or whatever he would say. And so he got up and he made a big announcement. He said, in a few minutes, the orchestra's going to play. And he starts listing a bunch of instruments. And then when he got tired of listing the instruments, he just said, in a bunch of other musical instruments. And so he said, when they start playing, you are to bow down and worship the golden image that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. So he makes this announcement, and all of a sudden, the trumpets start blowing, and the dulcimers start banging, and they, uh, well, banging, uh, yeah, I guess they do bang on a dulcimer, but anyway, they start making lots of noise with this orchestra. And as the musicians play, as all this great music is being performed, all these people down in the audience start to fall down on their faces. Now, if they don't fall down on their faces, the king is going to be mad. In fact, that crier, you know what one of the things he told him? He said, if you don't do this, you're going to be thrown in a burning, fiery furnace. I'm kind of suspicious that Nebuchadnezzar thought that some of those people might not want to bow down and worship his God. Because these people from all these different countries, there were many different tribes, and each one of those tribes and countries, they had their own false gods that they worshipped. They had their own statues that they bowed down to. How dare this King Nebuchadnezzar have his statue and force everybody, no freedom of religion here. You have no choice but to bow down to this golden image. So they start playing the music, and all these people start bowing down. And as the music plays and the people are bowing down and they're worshiping, oh, everybody was doing it. I mean, they're getting down on their faces. Oh, and they're worshiping this image. And oh, they're having a good old time worshiping. Now, some of them may not want to, but they're doing it anyway because they know if they are not, they're going to get thrown in the burning fiery furnace. But all of a sudden, a couple of Chaldeans, y'all remember the name Chaldean? That shows up every week in the book of Daniel so far. The Chaldeans were a special group of people, a special class of wise men that would give advice to the king and would help the king. And these Chaldeans noticed there were some guys not bowing down. And they didn't like that. I have a feeling they were probably kind of jealous of these guys because of some of the things that Daniel chapter 3 says. So they got to noticing and they said, look over there. These three guys aren't worshiping. These three guys aren't bowing down. In fact, somehow or another, these guys knew that they didn't serve any of the gods of the king of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had more than just one false god he worshipped. And somehow or another, they knew that these guys only worshipped one god, the god Jehovah. And they said, here's our chance. We can get them in trouble. Let's go tell on them. Any of y'all ever been tempted to tattletale? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. Are any of you really good at tattling? Don't raise your hand. I'll ask your parents afterwards. Well, they decided to go tattle. And so they went up to the king. They said, there's these three guys over there. These Hebrew... Oh, oh, oh I skipped something important. These three guys, they walked up to the king. These guys, they walked up to the king. And they said, oh, king, live forever. They were buttering up Nebuchadnezzar real good. So they say, oh, king, live forever. They said, king, 
Did you not just give the instructions that when we hear the music play and we hear the cornets and the, the sackbuts and we hear the, 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 all the instruments playing, that we're to bow down and we're to worship the golden image that you, Nebuchadnezzar, have set up? Didn't you tell us that? And that if we didn't do that, you'd throw us in a fiery furnace? The king said, yes. That's what we said. They said, well, there's these certain Hebrews. Actually, they call them Jews. So when the words start showing up here in, in the Bible, the word Jew, he says, you, we saw these, you got these Jews over there that you put in charge of a whole bunch of important stuff in the country. These Jews aren't bowing down. In fact, they went further. They said, these three guys, they don't serve any of your gods. And they're not down, bowing down to your image. They said, king, they're not paying attention to what? you tell them to do. Boy, the king got mad. And he said, you bring those guys to me and you bring them right now. Oh man, these two guys must have been happy. We have got them in trouble. We're going to get them thrown in a burning fiery furnace. Maybe they're, maybe they're hoping they can get their jobs. I don't know what they're thinking, but they're really glad to get rid of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the king says, you bring them to me and you bring them here right now. So some guys went, and they got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they brought them before the king. And the king said, um, is it true? Now, this was a guy who was always losing his temper, as you know, and always threatening to chop people up into little bitty pieces and turn their houses into a dunghill. But this time, he is using a little bit of wisdom. Before he starts screaming at them, he asks them a question. He says, is it true? He said, is it true that you don't serve any of my gods and that you're not bowing down and worshiping the golden image that I, Nebuchadnezzar, have set up? Well, they have a decision to make. What are they going to do? I mean, would, would, that, would you be tempted to be scared if the king just asked you this? They told the king, they said, king that we're really cautious about how we answer this, but they have to answer the king. Afraid of things? A lion's? Oh, well, that's a reasonable thing. That's a reasonable thing. Okay, a bear can be tough and scary. But you know, sometimes we get afraid of other people. Sometimes you get afraid of other kids. Another kid says, hey, why don't we go and scratch dad's car? This is, I've known kids that do stuff like that. What should you say? Should you be embarrassed and afraid of your friend or afraid of the whooping your dad might give you? You say, we need to be more fearful, and I don't mean scared of God, but we need to fear God. We need to respect God enough that we're going to do what he says is right and care more about what God says is right than about what our friends think. You know, I, I knew, used to know a lady by the name of Willie Irene. That's a pretty funny name for a lady, isn't it? She lived a long, long time ago. Her name was what? Willie Irene. Well, Willie Irene gave me a letter one day that she wrote. And in it, she told me this story I'm about to tell you. And when I read it, I saw the significance of this little story. She thought she was just telling me a little story. But when I read it, when I was about 16 years old, I realized this is an important, powerful story. Well, Willie Irene 
heard about a party one night. She lived up in the hills of Arkansas, and she heard that there was a party for teenagers. Well, she wanted to go. So she went to this party, and when she got to the party, she found out that it was a dance. Well, for Willie Irene, this wasn't a good situation because Willie Irene had made a decision that she wasn't going to dance. And she didn't think that Christians should dance. And so Willie Irene had decided that she just wasn't going to go to dances and dance with people. Well, she gets there and what she's going to do, I mean, all these other teenagers might make fun of her. They might think she's weird. They might call her names. They might think she's dumb. But Willie Irene had made this decision. She wasn't going to dance. So she's at the party, and she finds out that that room over there is where all the teenagers were going that didn't believe in dancing. So she decided to go over there, and there were a few other teenagers in there, so she sat down and she started talking. And while she was sitting there visiting with them, a guy named Fred showed up at the party. What was the guy's name? Okay, so we got Willie Irene, who just decided she was going to do what she thought was right. She was going to honor the commitment she had made to God, no matter what anybody thought of her. Well, she's sitting in that room, and all of a sudden, Fred shows up at the party. Well, Fred had brought a girl with him to the party. And when Fred and the girl walked in, Fred realized, "Uh uh-oh, I've showed up at a dance. Because Fred didn't dance either. Well, then Fred heard that there's this room over there where all the kids who don't dance go to. So he went in there, and there's all the Christian kids sitting in the room. So he walked in the room, and he looked, and he saw Willie Irene, and he fell in love with Willie Irene, but he had a problem. He had brought a different girl to the party. So he went and told that other girl, he said, I got to go. We need to leave. So Willie Irene, Willie, sorry, Fred went home. He took the girl, and he dropped her off at home, and then he went back to the party, and he went back to that room. You see, Fred had decided that it didn't matter what that girl thought about him, and it didn't matter what the other teenagers thought about him. What was most important is what he thought God would be pleased with in his life. And so Willie went back, and he met that, uh, sorry, Fred went back, and he met Willie Irene. Well, a short time later, Fred and Willie Irene got married. And after they got married, they had a kid, and his name was James. And then James had a kid. He had three kids, but one of his kids' name was Patty. And then Patty had a kid. And guess who her son's first name was? Aaron. That was me. Willie Irene was my great-grandmother. There's me and Willie Irene. I called her Mama. But you know what? Mama made a decision. Willie Irene made a decision to honor God. And when she honored God, God honored her. And God gave her a husband that night. Now, had she been out there with the other teenagers, she never would have met Fred. Because Fred would have been in the room and she would have been out there on the dance floor. But she did what she believed would honor God. And God honored her and gave her a husband. And I'm here today. Because Willie Irene chose to honor God. When you honor God, God will always honor you. Well, you know what? Willie Irene had teenagers to be scared of. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had this dude to be scared of. 
the king of Babylon, the most powerful man on earth at the time. So he's asked them a question. Is it true? Are you going to worship my God? Do you not serve my gods? Are you not going to bow down and worship? I'm going to give you one more chance when the music starts playing again. If you're ready, you can bow down and you can worship. But if not, you better know this. I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace and there is no God that can save you from my hands. He thought he was so powerful. No God on earth or in heaven or anywhere could rescue them from his hands. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, oh, king, we're not careful about this, but we will not serve your gods. We will not bow down and worship the graven image. They said, our God will, is, first they said, our God is able to deliver us. Our God can rescue us from you. Then they said, our God will rescue us from you. And then they said, but if not, even if our God lets us burn in that fire, we still will not bow down. Nebuchadnezzar had probably never had anyone stand up to him like that. I mean, when Daniel stood up to him many years before, Daniel had been able to be so kind and make an appeal and give another option, but this is about worshiping another God. There is no appeal. There is no other option. The answer is simple. We will not bow down. Our bodies belong to God, and we will only worship him with our bodies. Well, this king was so angry, the Bible says that his face changed, and he was so angry, he said, you get the strongest soldiers from our army, and you have those men. The liberals, crazy people, always overreact. I mean, a preacher shows up, and he just simply didn't wear a mask somewhere, or he let people come to church when they weren't supposed to. And what do they do? The police show up, and they handcuff him, and they arrest him because he's so dangerous. He's so scary. And so, you know, they put him under really, they put a lot of guards around him because that little preacher is so scary. Well, they do crazy stuff like that still today. Well, they decided, these three men who were like wise men. They were counselors. They gave advice to the king, and they had office jobs. But what does he say? He said, you get the strongest, the bravest, the toughest soldiers in our army, and you have them come. So they ran, and they grabbed them, and they came up, and he said, now you tie them up. You tie them up good, and you throw them in that fire. And then he says, by the way, heat the fire seven times more than we usually have it going. So they started heating up that furnace, got it hotter and hotter and hotter. And they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they started heading them toward that fiery furnace. It was probably the place they had used to make um, bricks, maybe for the foundation. Maybe they had used it to melt down the gold, most likely, and be able to make this big statue. Well, they've got this fiery furnace. I don't know. Maybe they put up the fiery furnace just to be able to torture people who or kill people who didn't worship. I don't know. Maybe Nebuchadnezzar was expecting something like this. But whatever the case was, they started heading them toward the fiery furnace. And they took those, those big, strong soldiers, took those ropes, and they tied them up really good so these guys couldn't get away. They tied these guys up. I mean, they were going to go on a really, really, really hot fire. It was not like the ropes are going to do much, right? I mean, the whole thing's going to burn up quick, right? So they tie them up really good, and they get up with the edge of that fire. They go up to the door, and they take these guys, and they start throwing them in. They threw in Shadrach. They threw in Meshach. 
they threw in Abednego. But the flames were so hot that those big, strong, tough soldiers had to get away fast. And as they turned and as they tried to run from that fire, those soldiers were burned up right there, killed by the flames of the fire. And when they fell down, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into those flames, and the king stood up from his throne. He thought maybe he needs to go to the eye doctor. Because then one, two, three. He says, hey, guys, all his wise men, I don't know what he called them, but I'll just say guys, because that's what we'd call them around here. Hey, guys, didn't we throw three men in the fire? One, two, three. We threw in three, right? Yes, sir, we threw in three. That's right, that's right, we threw in three. Nebuchadnezzar said, well, I see four men. They're walking around in the fire. They're walking. They were tied up. Their feet were tied up. How were they walking? He said, I, I see four men in the fire. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. There was a fourth man in the fire. I only threw in three. But now there's four. And they're walking around. And he said, it doesn't look like anybody got hurt. I mean, these guys fell into a fire. They were all tied up. The only thing that burned was the ropes that the king had used to tie them up. They were perfectly fine. Well, Nebuchadnezzar jumps up and he starts running closer. He had to get a closer look because this doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make sense. I mean, they throw three people in. Now there's four and the fourth one looks like Jesus and Jesus hasn't even been born yet. How is this possible? Nebuchadnezzar couldn't figure it out, and he goes running closer, and the Bible says he got as close, he got to the door. Now, as close as he could get to that door, and he looked inside, and he told him, he said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego got up, and they started walking out of the flames. The king had never seen anything like this before. He had just shouted a few, little bit ago that there was no God that could deliver them out of his hands. But he just found out there was a God that was more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar. There was a God that was more powerful than the flames. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, and the Bible says that the wise men and the judges and all these rulers that had come, they all started gathering around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they started looking at their hair. They were expecting their hair. They said, none of their hair has been singed. Then they started smelling them. Now, if you've been by a campfire, what happens to your hair? What does it smell like? Smoke. Can you imagine what your hair would smell like if you were in the campfire? They started smelling their hair, and they said, it doesn't smell like smoke. They looked at their clothes, their turbans, their hats they were wearing. They weren't burned at all. They weren't cinched. Their hair wasn't cinched. They didn't smell like smoke. Everybody was so amazed. These three men that honored their God, their God had protected them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, there is no God like this God that's able to deliver from fire. 
This is a powerful God. So he made a new role in his kingdom. Now, at this point, Nebuchadnezzar did not get saved. He did not give his heart to Jesus. But Nebuchadnezzar, God was working in his heart, and he started to recognize that the God of heaven, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jehovah God, was the most powerful God there was. And so he made a decree. He said, oh, I give this decree that no one from any nation, any language, any people, any tribe, no one is allowed to talk bad about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because no other God is the power that their God has. So they had a new law. Nobody could talk bad about God. Now, why did all this happen? Because they made a decision. Do you think... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego may have been a little nervous when they went to the fire. I would be nervous, wouldn't you? I mean, that's just, that's just normal in nature to be nervous. But they had confidence. They could be bold because they knew their God was with them. You know, the verse before our Bible verse today says that I will never leave thee. It's God's promise to us. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's God's promise. And then we have our Bible verse. Say it with me. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could be bold because they knew that their God, they knew that Jesus was always with them. And you and I could be bold, even if we're the only ones who are being confident. If we're the only ones standing for God, you and I can be bold because we know that Jesus is with us. Why don't we sing our little song that we sang right before the Bible lesson, The Lord is my helper, 